you're listening to the Televisionary Minisode. In this episode, Cody and I talk about two of our favorite TV shows that just might become your next TV binge. Let's get a little bit softer now. 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 <laughs> no one can see my dancing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hello. And, and welcome, welcome to, to our very our first, very first <laughs> mini-sode <laughs> of Televisionary, the podcast where we discuss the shows that shaped us. This mini-sode serves as a small dose of TV talk, but maybe about shows that feel more personally connected to us rather than... Connected to the world. It's chatty, casual. We will be a couple of chatty Kathleen's here. Hi, Elena's mom. (laughs) And uh, we are going to take a different angle, kind of, maybe, with our discussions about (laughs) the shows on these mini-sodes. Because there are a lot of shows that we love just for ourselves that maybe weren't particularly revolutionary or that maybe didn't make a huge societal impact and then we can't really draw out a whole hour-long-ish episode to talk about, but that we think are important to mention and that we want other people to watch and that we think, you know, have made some kind of positive contribution to society, even if it's just like a show that we enjoy having on in the background sometimes. So that's what we're talking about on these little episodes instead of you know, the bigger picture stuff that we talk about on our regular episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, yeah, no, you said that so perfectly. And We're I feel on the like... same page here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are. We're always on the same page, even if we don't know it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. But yeah, I think this is a really good place to come to if you're looking for something new to watch. I think some of the shows that we're going to talk about here are maybe even shows that not that many people have heard of. I don't know if all, I actually don't know exactly what shows you're going to be talking about most of the time. So by the way, I'm Cody Hoffman. And I'm Elena Hillard. And before we jump into our shows for the day, I did have something that I really wanted to talk to you about. Oh, okay. There are so many streaming services like I'm we've been talking all week about RuPaul and I don't want to talk about it too much right now. But just I'm currently watching RuPaul content on three different streaming sites (laughs) and watching YouTube videos from the former cast and listening to a podcast. So like I am using five platforms to get all of the RuPaul content that I need into my life. And I feel like it's it's reaching a level that's a little alarming for me personally. <laughs> oh. I don't think you can ever have too much drag race universe in your life though. It might be the only thing I watch for the rest of my life. There's so much stuff. There is. Oh my god. It is enough to sustain you. It is. Well, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first in talking about our mini sewed picks? Well, normally I would say ladies first, but I kind of feel like we have a natural lead in of sorts to the show that I have chosen to talk about today because I picked a show that is pretty heavily inspired by the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think 
that I can go ahead and talk about 30 Rock, which... (laughs) Why am I not surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Which is my favorite television show of all time, hands down, no question. I have watched the entire series, I want to say at least 15 times, maybe closer to 20 now. Wow. And it just never ever gets old for me. I can watch it over and over and over again, and it's still as funny to me as it was the first time, I swear. And I just spend entire episodes waiting for lines to come up that I know will make me laugh hysterically. And there's just something so special about it to me. And if you don't like it, you're dumb. So, yeah, I went there. But really, the show has so much smart humor, so much stuff that you do have to think about in order to get, and that's what I like about it. It's really a show that makes you use your brain. And for a comedy show especially, a a sitcom on network television, like, that's rare. (laughs) It's really remarkable, I think, the ways that they were able to incorporate so many aspects of politics and the ways that different groups of people are viewed in society into this show that was also so slapsticky and stupid at times and was just constantly making dumb dad jokes and stuff. <laughs> it's it so deftly walked the line between that really cerebral humor that can go over so many heads so easily and the, you know, falling on your face and farting jokes, which are still funny, but, yeah. uh, you know, two very different crowds. And they may have alienated the falling on your face and farting crowd a little bit with the headier humor, but I just love all of it so much. And I think that everyone else should love it too. I think I've seen all of it. I think you made me watch all of it. I think I did. But I, I, I would honestly like to revisit it because there's so much that I just don't really remember about the show. I remember watching mm-hmm. it and enjoying it while I was watching it. I don't think, obviously, I connected to it as much as you did. Most people don't. <laughs> but I do remember I just like the combinations of the levels of humor. It really is so well done. And I think you're right to draw a comparison to Mary Tyler Moore, not just because... I think Tina Fey herself said that a lot of the show was inspired by the Mary Tyler Moore show. But I also think that Mary Tyler Moore did a similar thing with humor, where there were very physical moments, but very intellectual moments. And I don't know, both very well written shows. Absolutely. I think the writing on 30 Rock, I I, I easily consider it the best written television show ever. Like, I... There are just so many jokes. Like, there is not another show that has ever been produced, I swear, that is so jam-packed full of jokes. And, you know, maybe some of them are stronger jokes than others, but there is just this breadth of pop cultural reference that watching the show forces you to have (laughs) because you know that there are jokes in there that even if you don't get you go huh who is Salome or you know who is Deborah Norville (laughs) like (laughs) these Mm -hmm. people that you might not have been familiar with that you go I know there's a joke in there and I know it will be funny if I go and learn who that person is if I go and learn why the joke is funny it's like there are these little Easter eggs kind of stuffed into the show for you to find that 
you know, you might, they might not hit you the first time. They might not strike you until the fourth time you've watched the show or more. Like, there are still times when I watch the show, even now, that I will notice very minute little things that I never know, that I never picked up on before. It's just stuffed with humor and with, you know, commentary, with musings on our world and on, you know, the television industry that it parodies and the big business industries that it parodies. There's just so much there to dig into and to appreciate. And that's what I look for in a TV show. I want a show that engages me and that really makes me a smarter, well-rounded person. And 30 Rock absolutely does that. Do you think that there's been any shows on actual TV since 30 Rock that are even near the level of writing as 30 Rock, at least as a comedy series? As far as network shows, I think The Good Place certainly had some very cogent arguments and really set about to educate its audience about uh, philosophy and about determining what makes a person moral or amoral or good or bad. And, you know, that's a very different kind of show than 30 Rock was, but that's the only thing that really comes to mind. There is nothing about The Good Place that makes me want to watch it. Really? You haven't watched any of it? No, it's, I don't like any of the actors in it at all. I, f- I find them all really annoying and... You don't even like Kristen Bell? Who doesn't like Kristen Bell? I just... I don't... Kn- I don't know. I-, I can't. She kind of annoys me. But I really don't like the brunette lady with the big nose. Darcy Carden? I think that's and her name. I don't think her nose is that big. It's nose not big, shamer. but it's... Well, you know that I love noses, so let's not even go there right now. <laughs> But her nose is like her distinctive feature, I would say. It's got a little hook in it. I like Darcy Carden. So I don't know. She's also good in Barry. She's also good on Broad City. Mm, who is she in Broad City? Um, one of the people that works at the gym. Oh, yeah. She is good in mm-hmm. that role. But yeah, yeah I, don't, I just don't really want to watch it. It's okay if you don't. I referenced in the Mary Tyler Moore Show episode, The Good Place. Remember when I said that... I was watching the pilot for the first time when I learned oh that a family God. friend died in a horrible but kind of hilarious accident. Yeah. Yes. So we are really drawing another comparison to tie into Mary Tyler Moore. But anyway. Well, I have a show that I don't really have a good segue for out of this. It's okay. <laughs> so the show that I would like to talk about today is a show that I definitely don't think enough people have watched. I know some people who have seen it, mostly people that I've recommended it to. And my show today is Dairy Girls. Ooh. Have you seen? You've seen it all, right? I have. Well, I've seen the first two seasons. Has there been a third out yet? No. The third season was supposed to start filming in 2020, but covid Delayed production, obviously. It's one of my favorite comedies that I've seen maybe ever. It's something I just really enjoy watching. I think that it is so unbelievably funny and it's such a character-driven show for me. So if you've never seen it, it originally aired in the UK on Channel 4. It's actually the highest rated show in Ireland Uh, since this other show that I may talk about someday, which is called Father Ted. I don't know if you've ever watched Father Ted, but it is also a very funny show. Never heard of it. So it was hugely successful over there. And in like kind of reading about it in preparation for today, it is so beloved by 
people in Northern Ireland. Like, everyone is obsessed with it. So basically, it's set against the backdrop of the Troubles, which is a Protestant-Catholic conflict that was happening in Northern Ireland, basically from the 1970s through the early 90s. That is the period called the Troubles. Of course, there was like unrest before that. But the show doesn't ever get too political for me. It mainly focuses on these five high school students who are best friends. There's Erin. She's sort of the main character. She wants to be a writer. There's Claire. Uh, She is a goofy lesbian. She's very funny. It's Nicola Clockcock. I can never say her name. Yeah, I don't know how the (laughs) Irish would pronounce that, but... (laughs) She's in Bridgerton, if you've if anyone listening has watched that. There's Michelle, who is super sex-crazed. There's Orla, who is very weird. She might be my favorite. And then Michelle's cousin, James, who is her English cousin, who moves to stay with her and attends an all-girls school and is essentially the butt of every joke. And what I think makes the show so special is that there is this background of more serious things happening. It does pop up at some points. But the show does such a good job of just showing these amazing characters, their families, all of the people in the community of Derry, and all of just the hijinks they get into. I mean, one of my favorite episodes is they go get fish and chips on like every Friday and they end up stealing a bulletin board from the fish and chips place so that they can get the best babysitting jobs essentially to save money to go to Paris because they're all just like poor Catholic Irish people and they get in trouble so they have to clean the kitchen for this tough Irish lady and they end up just setting her apartment on fire making everything so much dirtier than it was. It's just so ridiculous like everything they get into is so funny and I love it so much. I've seen it all multiple times. It's such an easy show to watch. And I think it's only six episodes per season. So like, it's really you could just sit down and watch a whole season in a day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're only like 23 to 27 ish minutes per episode too. So they're not like, I mean, you could easily watch both of the seasons that are out now in one day (laughs) if you wanted to. (laughs) Like you just watch them all in one sitting, you know, maybe one season each just like a movie. I also feel really connected to the show because I'm adopted. And so after I did, I did like ancestry DNA, which I know a lot of people hate. They think it's the government's going to steal all of your genetic information, which they can have it if they want it. But I wanted to know what I was and I am ridiculously Irish (laughs) and my DNA results and family tree to corroborate, corroborate. I don't know. Whatever. Corroborate. Corroborate. It's a hard word to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The rural juror. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my DNA results were so specific uh, that I know the exact counties in Ireland that I am genetically from. Wow. And I am not from Derry, but I am from Northern Ireland. And my family tree makes it pretty clear that I was Irish Catholic, not raised that way but you know my actual biological family was Irish Catholic so watching the show and seeing these girls I just feel like I'm looking into a portal of like what my life could have been (laughs) almost and getting sort of an insight into Irish culture in a weird way. I know it's a TV show but it is written to really reflect the 
uh, writer creator's life growing up during the Troubles in Ireland and just seeing how much people love it and all of the wonderful things that have been written about it by people in Northern Ireland. I feel like I am getting a decent sense of what life is actually like there. And I would love to go visit because there's an awesome Dairy Girls mural Mm -hmm. in Dairy. And I want to go get my picture taken with it. (laughs) (laughs) It is really cool to hear you say that it's had an impact for you in the way of making you think of, you know, what your life may have been like if, if your family had stayed in Ireland and everything. I, too, have a sort of unique connection to the show i mean it's not really unique but a special reason that i love the show really because the first time i traveled internationally was to Derry. i went to visit our friend gabby hi gabby i'm sure you're listening friend of the pod (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh She was studying abroad in Derry during our sophomore year of college, and after my spring semester was done, she was still staying there for a couple of weeks, so I went to visit her for two weeks, almost two weeks, and I flew by myself for the first time, left the country for the first time, and we just ran around Northern Ireland mostly. We dipped down to Dublin for a few days as well, but um, like I really loved the city of Derry. Like, it was just a very unique place i thought and it's not huge but there's like so many cool little things that while watching dairy girls i saw yeah on the show and went oh i remember seeing that i remember walking down that road like there were just so many fun little memories for me in that you know in the things that i was watching on tv that's always a fun thing for me too with like when i go to rockefeller center and see all the places where they shot 30 rock (laughs) sometimes you know all their exteriors that you know you can walk around rockefeller plaza and see like those are fun memories for me to like tie to my own travel experiences so yeah i definitely love dairy girls totally recommend it as well and one other thing i wanted to mention too we definitely did not plan this but i think our shows in some way kind of are opposites in their representation of politics so 30 rock went down the avenue of choosing to be political, of choosing to make statements when they didn't have to. Like, And most of the time, they were just satirical. You know, it was just Jack being so hilariously out of touch as this big corporate executive and a Reagan Republican, and Liz <laughs> being this third-wave feminist, you know, television creator and writer who has no choice basically but to work inside of a rampantly capitalistic patriarchal (laughs) corporation that she opposes in all of her politics but that she needs in order to succeed and there are all these other really thoughtful ideas that are presented as comedically you know they're very funny but there are representations of how people of different races are perceived in society and different genders and different you know, income levels. It's just, like, a sitcom doesn't have to do those things. Right. And on a workplace comedy about the the behind-the-scenes workings of a television show, it didn't need to be done that way, necessarily. You know, there's enough other stuff that, there's enough other comedy to be mined from the situations and from just the characters themselves that they didn't have to, you know, go as deep into politics as they did sometimes. But I applaud them for having the nerve to do that and for doing it so extraordinarily well. In that way, I find it different from 
you know, maybe opposite from Dairy Girls because Dairy Girls could have pretty easily mined oh, more yeah. of the politics of, you know, the tension that was going on in you know, the surroundings of the show. And, you know, like you said, they do touch on it, but it's not usually the focus of what's going on. And they do focus so much more on just the characters and these young girls and one boy <laughs> living their lives and coming up in very, you know, troublesome <laughs> circumstances and just finding their way in this world that might seem a little bit dangerous, but it's, it's a little bit scary, but so is being a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything that's going on around them is representative of what they are experiencing in their own lives. That got a little bit deeper than I expected it to. It reminds me of, I think in one of the episodes, Erin writes an essay and she's like, it's about the troubles, but it's also about the troubles on a personal level. <laughs> and uh -huh. she makes it like all about herself, which feels so much what any teenager would do Right. When all this craziness is happening around them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So without even trying, we have found such a Connection. unique way to compare and contrast these shows. Wow. Look at us. Using my geniuses. comparative literature degree, finally. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm so glad it paid off for oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> And I'm using my health sciences degree <laughs> to such great effect right now on this podcast about television. Oh, uh, well. On that note, be sure yeah. to follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast and feel free to message us on there if you have any questions or concerns. And. Oh. And uh, be sure to join us for next week's main episode. We're not going to tell you yet which show we're doing. We're going to keep it a surprise. Oh, yes. Keep you guessing. Yeah. We're very mysterious. Oh, I wish people could see your face right now. <laughs> I feel like I communicated everything that I needed to in that... Silky voice of yours. In the tone of my voice. <laughs> in my vocal fry. <laughs> man well thank you guys for listening yes we appreciate all of our listeners all tens of you thank you for your undying support and we promise it will only continue to get better from here god bless <laughs> have a great day everybody bye take care bye Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!